Welcome to Mormon Happy Hour. My name is Colleen Dietz. Join me and my guests each week for an entertaining recap of the hottest topics in Mormonism. We keep tabs on social media and headline news so you don't have to. Don't miss our live pro tips as you adjust to your new and exciting post-Mormon life. Mormon Happy Hour is here to bring you the irreverent side of Mormonism, wherever you may be. Welcome to bonus episode 44. Today I am taking you on a delicious post-Mormon exploration into the indulgence of coffee. But this isn't just any coffee. Have you ever tasted a cup of bourbon barrel aged craft coffee? It's an experience you don't want to miss. I have the opportunity to learn from the roaster himself all about this unique process to age and refine the profile of a coffee bean and then expertly roast it to create the perfect fresh cup of coffee that you can't get anywhere else. Check back to episode 31 where I taste it with my husband Aaron and compare two cups of Jarman's Craft Coffee for your enjoyment. I want you to know I don't make any profit or benefit whatsoever from sharing this with you. This is a genuine love of the experience that is motivating me to bring it to you. So if you want your very own bourbon barrel aged craft coffee, the links are in the show notes. And I know many of you did follow the links in episode 31 and get your very own set. And Jamie Jarman, the expert roaster behind this unique coffee, is very grateful. His second limited release is available now and features Ethiopia Eucro beans. And this set includes an original roasted bean and Delbach Whiskey Barrel Aged Beans to provide a complex side-by-side comparison for you to experience. So without further ado, please enjoy Jamie Jarman at his launch of his first limited release set of bourbon barrel aged craft coffee at the Adventurous Stills Brewery in Tempe, Arizona. Thank you. So, go ahead and introduce yourself. You are actually the man. So, introduce yourself. So, yes, my name is Jamie Jarman, Mm -hmm. and I'm the founder of Jarman's Craft Coffee. Wonderful. And so, how long has Jarman's Craft Coffee existed? So, I started roasting coffee uh, at my house uh, probably in 2010. Okay. Just uh, went on a trip to Hawaii and went and toured a coffee farm just as sightseeing. Okay. And that was the first time I had heard that you could act green beans and then you could actually roast them. So I just thought like companies, like big corporations did that or whatever. Uh-huh. And so once I realized that, like I love coffee. Um, and so I just said, I'm gonna, when I got back home, I said, I'm gonna buy a small roaster and uh-huh. I'm just gonna see, you know, cause tasting like fresh coffee was totally different than buying like already stale coffee or coffee that was roasted to like on the verge of being like majorly burnt. And so, um, so when I tasted actual fresh coffee, it was just incredible. So I was like, I got to try this at home and I can kind of do that. So, so that kind of got me, I think at that point, my daughter was uh, a year and a half 
And so then she got into that process with me. Uh-huh. And so we would just like make coffee and I'd buy decaf and I'd roast it and she'd drink that and I'd just drink the regular stuff. And, and How old was just, she? She was a year and a half oh when that gosh. process started. That's so, adorable. Yeah. And so she's a big coffee person now. So <laughs> How old is um, she now? She is now 10. <laughs> and I've just started around her 10th birthday allowing her to have caffeinated coffee. Uh-huh. And so she totally doesn't need caffeine. She's got lots of energy. Uh, she's 10. <laughs> yeah, she's 10. <laughs> so like the youngest coffee connoisseur in the world. <laughs> exactly. And so but she loves coffee and a lot of our like uh, we'll go out like for breakfast dates or different things and so we'll go into coffee places or we'll do stuff. So a lot of times it ends up being centered around coffee and we'll have breakfast together and just connect. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, so that kind of um, has fostered that throughout the years. And uh, Jarman's Craft Coffee started, uh, I think, um, kind of the idea uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I had tried some, maybe a little longer than that, I tried some bourbon barrel-aged coffee and just really loved it. So where did you first discover the yeah. the concept of, of aging coffee? Okay. Like, I want to know that yeah. story. Because, yeah. I mean, so my audience is ex-Mormons. We don't know okay. shit about coffee normally, like <laughs> yeah. regular coffee. So they may not be as appreciative of the fact that mm-hmm. aging coffee beans is like only a handful of people in the world are really doing it. Like it's not something you can just go to the grocery store or Starbucks and say, Uh I want some aged coffee, please. Uh Like that doesn't exist. No. So tell us about how you discovered it. So, so for me, roasting coffee and the love of coffee, uh, that led me into the kind of the craft beer scene. Uh And in the craft beer scene, a lot of breweries are aging beer, but then they're also putting coffee in beer. So, so uh-huh. the fact that I loved coffee, that got me into beer, and I started trying a lot of coffee beers. Interesting. And then I started your noticing. your gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we um, got into, so I got into craft beer, uh-huh. um, mostly because of coffee. And then one thing that's a lot, a lot of times coffee beers tend to be barrel-aged. Uh-huh. And so through that, it got me interested in in spirits, so like in, in whiskeys or bourbons. Okay. And and then there's other types of spirits that they'll age beer in as well. But um, so that just really, there's a brewery, uh, Modern Times in San Diego, uh-huh. that they um, have a line of coffee as well. And so they use their coffee in their beer. And they started barrel aging because they do a lot of barrel aged beer. So then they started playing around with um, barrel aging coffee. Wow. And so on one of my uh, visits to San Diego, um, we always... We always end up at Modern Times and a few other, like there's a gazillion breweries out there. Yeah. But uh, Modern Times is one that we always seem to go to. Mm-hmm. And so I would try their coffee and uh, and really like the barrel aged. And so. Interesting. Um, but I didn't know, you know, you, how, how do you get barrels? How do you, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so <laughs> just like, oh, this is really good. Um, and so it was really neat. Um, a, a good beer buddy of mine, um, a, a guy named Chris Harder, he... Um, I was chatting with him and just telling him that that um, it'd be fun if I ever got access to some barrels to see what I could do with coffee. Uh-huh. And and he was like, well, one of my few jobs that I have, he's also trying to uh, him and uh, uh, two other buddies. They make some amazing homebrew beer, uh-huh. and they're uh, Innocence Beer 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 Co. Okay. And they will. Are they be, local here? They're local here. Okay. Making some amazing beer. 
and they'll be uh, looking to open up uh, a location here in the next year or so. Cool. And so he was saying, you know, one of his one of his jobs is he's actually a bartender on weekends at a distillery, uh-huh. and so uh, that distillery is Adventurous Stills, which is where Small we're at. Small world. And so he's like, I can I can introduce you to the owners, and uh-huh. um, you know, and, and go from there. And so I met, uh, uh, chatted with with Kelly and Chase and Jeff, and and just hit it off with them and they loved the idea and so um, one thing led to another and I got access to one of their bourbon barrels okay. and started that process and so I decided let's let's okay now we can do it so how many times do they use the barrel before you get access to it like I've always wanted to know how that process like mm-hmm. you buy the barrel from them right because yes. those are a commodity mm-hmm. yeah Bourbon barrels are very high commodity, so they you are. get access to it. A lot of breweries how, want them. Like, yeah. How many know. times do they use it before they can so, pass it on to you? So it depends on if, if they're making something they're going to market as whiskey or if they're going to make a bourbon. And so a bourbon has to be, uh, from what I understand, has to be a new oak barrel. Okay. And so it can only be used once. For it can be bourbon. For bourbon. It can uh-huh. be used again in, for whiskeys. And so whiskeys can use used barrels, okay. but bourbons cannot. And so in this case, it was a Peralta bourbon from Adventurous Stills. Okay. And being a bourbon, um, they couldn't use it again unless they wanted to use it for a whiskey, for whiskey. Or, or something like that. And, and they don't so, do beer, so they're not going to use it for craft beer. They're not going to use beer. it for beer. And now they, what's interesting, though, is they uh, Adventurous Stills, they did uh, just have a beer from Beer Research Institute in Mesa. Mm-hmm. That um, they aged um, one of their beers, Dark Side till you, till you die, and so that uh, is, uh, uh, I believe that it's an imperial good. stout. So it's a, kind oh. of a take on Darth Vader and Star Wars and all that. <laughs> I love it, and uh, it, it's pretty pretty sweet beer. It's really good, and so they aged that beer in an Adventure Stills uh, Peralta bourbon. bourbon barrel. Okay, and so that just came out in the last. Um, last week or so and so oh, wow. that was really cool and so uh adventure stills is really becoming known and so it's pretty cool to see um they're making amazing spirits and and their bourbon's really good so uh, it was cool. fun to be able to get the get the barrel age uh so I, I i chose some Colombian beans for it and um and so aged it uh for for a handful of months and uh it's just incredible like coffee when it's unroasted mm-hmm. so basically the process is we put um we put unroasted coffee beans. Which are the, we have the green are, ones we, in front yeah, of us. Yeah, so if you're looking in front, um, we have green beans. So uh-huh. they, they look pretty green. When like a sagey color. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so you take the unroasted beans, which at that point they're like a sponge. And so they absorb their surroundings. Mm-hmm. And so way back in the day, like the spice traders, like if they put like coffee into like a spice barrel, it would take on the flavor of that spice. And so it's that same uh. concept that it's a, it's a sponge essentially. And so, with that concept in mind, unroasted, you put it in the barrel, it begins to take on some of that characteristics of the bourbon. So it's just absorbing all that, that goodness. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, you do it before you roast it. And then when, yeah. And you don't even add any liquid. Nothing, you just throw added. the dry green beans in and you, exactly. and you seal it up. Yep. So, so basically there's a... And you leave it in like a, heat? Um, yeah. So it's, so it's in, it's in uh, like air conditioned room. Like it's, oh, okay. it's that. And so um, we basically, if you looked at a bourbon barrel, it's got a hole where 
where they put the liquid in originally, okay. and then there's a cap, a mm-hmm. piece of wood or, or that goes on there and seals it. Uh-huh. And so basically that same thing is what we do, is we take that coffee and we put it through that hole, uh-huh. and then we seal it back up. And then okay. every few days we roll it to try to make sure. You so, mix it so all the so beans So we're trying get to get contact. all the beans to get exposure to the wood. Nice. And so it's going to absorb a little bit even if it's not touching the wood. Uh-huh. But um, over time, if I can get all the beans to have contact right then it's going to get more into it interesting i always wanted to know i'm like so like that was one of my questions is how often do you agitate the beans so every couple of days every few days you're rolling the barrel yep okay spend a little bit of time with each barrel and roll it and Mm -hmm. and just uh and And you keep them air conditioned so they're not sitting out in the arizona heat they're air conditioned yes okay Okay. Yep. Interesting. So, yep. So then uh, basically after a, a couple of months, I'll start um, doing some roasts, um, some small roasts and just see what I what I think of that roast and that profile and how much bourbon got into the bean. Mm-hmm. And um, every barrel is going to impart differently. And okay. so it might take two months. It might take five months. It just kind of depends. And so... So you um, pull it off by taste. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so... There's really a science to that. Yeah. So, it, and yeah. And so for me, it's just, I want to have a, a good bourbon flavor without necessarily overpowering the coffee experience. So mm-hmm. I want kind of the best of both, like mm-hmm. in, in the barrel aged versions. Mm-hmm. And so I want um, the profile of that spirit, but then I also want um, this, the profile of whatever region it came from to actually come through as well. So it's kind of a marrying of the, the two. Of the bean. Of the bean. So you want the region then, of the bean yep, and the spirit. And the actual spirit. And okay. so, um, yeah, and so and what we did with this release is it's a, it's actually a box set that that is a, uh, one bag of the uh, non-barrel-aged mm-hmm. Colombian bean, mm-hmm. of the bourbon barrel-aged Colombian bean. Okay. And so with that, the idea is to be able to go back and forth and you can brew some of each and just mm-hmm. see the differences and how that bean tastes without the influence of the bourbon and then how it tastes with the influence of the bourbon. I love that. And so it's kind of fun. And so you have both beans right here in front of us. So yes. You have the just the, a regular roasted bean and that's a pretty dark roast, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, so this is roast. This one is roasted like a medium dark. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's... Uh, it's taken a, a, cu- a couple of minutes, a few minutes past what they call first crack. Uh-huh. And so as the bean roasts, um, all the chemicals, there's several hundred types of chemicals in that bean. Uh-huh. And so as it heats up, as, as, as heat is applied to it, and that bean core temperature goes from room temperature uh-huh. up, up in temperature, at a certain point, give or take, uh, say, 190 degrees Celsius, all those chemicals have expounded, expanded so far uh-huh. that there's kind of an explosion that takes place, and you start hearing these cracks, almost like um, so. It's an audible. Um, yeah, it's crack. almost like if you were to um, to pop uh, popcorn, uh-huh. you'll hear like those pops. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the exact same thing that happens, and so all these chemicals are combining and creating an explosion that causes the bean. So if you looked at the unroasted bean, that size compared to a a roasted bean, the roasted bean is going to be much bigger in size. Because they've opened. Because it opened up and expanded. Interesting. And it's losing moisture. It's going from probably, each bean is probably anywhere from like 9.5% to 12, 13% moisture. So there's a lot of water in that bean. Uh There's a lot of just density, a lot of weight. And so then as as you roast it, it's going to get 
it's going to release a lot of that moisture. So it's going to get down to, say, give or take 1% of ah, moisture. Uh-huh. And so it's releasing so much that it's going to actually, each bean is going to weigh less um, and just is going to get bigger. And then it's going to obviously turn different shades of, uh, it's going to go through the different shades of brown of the roast. all the way to, if you let it go, it's going to just turn really black and oily and okay. that sort of thing. So Interesting. So that's why... So that's why you you and you don't roast your beans until someone places an order. No, exactly. Because once you've once you've roasted them, it's like the the breakdown yeah. is like exponential. Yeah, exactly. So so okay. when you um yeah the unro so the, start off with unroasted beans, they will last for a good year and a half or two years. So these without, green yep. beans. Will so last. like that properly stored will last a good year and a half or two years before wow. it starts losing its flavor in that. Okay. And so uh, So it's food all storage. Just there. Put yeah. green beans in yeah. your food storage, yeah. Mormons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, do that. Like that'll last for a long time. Interesting. So so you go from there to once you roast it uh-huh. okay, as a as a whole bean, basically it's gonna lose a good amount of its freshness within the first week or so of, of being roasted. It. So once wow. you roast it, there's a there's a a one to two day period where it's degassing uh-huh. and it's getting rid of some ga- some gases that are still in it and it's becoming um, like ideally a good I mean it depends on the bean and, and your preference a little bit but around three days is probably like the peak freshness of a bean uh-huh. once you roast it and then it's then from that point on it's kind of losing flavor so do you want to wait three days before so you ideally, grind it and, and that's what's neat it? about like so so with our process so like if you if you ordered the coffee uh-huh. then we will roast it within a day or so and then we'll ship it out uh-huh. or um, we'll roast it to where you can pick it up like so in this case we did a pickup here at adventurous steels and so that's what we're doing now mm-hmm. that people that didn't want to have it shipped they could come to this event and just pick up their coffee so i roasted these a couple of days ago right to where now when people take these it's home three it's day. at the three day and it's nice. ready to start. and so that same concept when you ship it i roast it and then i ship it and if it takes one day or two day to get to you it's entering that zone where it's already okay. it's right there, ready to, to be consumed at its peak. That is beautiful. So, and yeah. I cannot wait for my cup of coffee <laughs> tomorrow morning. I can't tell you. I've been looking forward to it for like weeks. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I've never in my life had fresh coffee, ever. Yeah. Really? So this is a totally new experience. I mean, yeah. I'm a recovering Mormon, so like coffee yeah. in and of itself is like a completely a foreign concept. concept. Yep. Uh-huh. So this is incredible. And like right now, we just get like grocery store coffee or uh-huh. Costco coffee which is like you know meh. Yep. It, it is what it is yeah it is and then we job. and then we grind it like in my KitchenAid, and yep. then we like you know well I grind like three days at a time, which I even know that that's bad. <laughs> yeah. But I do so, at least yeah. put it in my yeah, cupboard yeah, yeah. so it's it, in yep. a dark place yep. and it's sealed in a yep. little. <laughs> yep. So so the thing with the thing with the grind. So let's say that like roasted coffee. It's got like a peakness over that first week that it's like amazing. Uh-huh. Like it still got to still can be good, especially freshly roasted coffee uh-huh. after that first week. But once you ro- uh, once you grind it, then you're done. Then like it's starting to die like yeah. immediately, right? So like within so, like minutes. Yeah. yeah. So like it's like you're uh, if you let it sit there already ground, like it's 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 dying probably ten times faster than if it was just there as a whole bean already roasted but just waiting for you to grind it. And so by dying, like, as in chemicals, which like have flavors. Go, guess, yeah, the flavors are starting to die and, and just it's becoming stale. It, I so mean, it, it's like, what's the science? Is it losing mm-hmm. oil, losing moisture, absorbing? Like, what's happening? 
be honest, <laughs> I'm not totally positive. <laughs> I just know how it works. So I don't know the science per se, uh-huh. but um, essentially as a, as a type of food in a way, uh-huh. it's just what makes that so good as a food it's it's just losing it. So when you cook something uh-huh. over time, at some point you need to throw it away, you know. <laughs> and so it's like same concept. Like with food or with coffee, it doesn't necessarily go bad to where it's gonna ki- kill you or hurt right. you. It just if, isn't as you know, good. It's just not gonna taste as fresh, and it's not you know. So basically, so. all the ground coffee that exists in the world that you buy in the grocery store, you yeah. might as well just throw it away. Yeah, it's already stale. <laughs> you're you're getting just a small semblance of what that coffee was. Right. If it if it wasn't freshly roasted. Now there's techniques with like, you know, if you need to, um, if you compress it with to where it's not getting any oxygen in there and it's not any of those kind of things, that can make it last longer. So, mm-hmm. and that's you know, why they put those one-way valves yeah, those on them. Those little valves on there will allow the gases to come out without the oxygen. Getting you know. in to damage it. Interesting. Yeah, so. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So. Yeah. Wow. So, um, any other questions mm-hmm. so green we go to green so this is age oh this is yeah. my question uh-huh. so in the aging process so like these can sit so properly stored yep. are they so properly stored green beans uh-huh. are they hermetically sealed yeah so, so they're, they're under gonna an come in a lock. certain type of bag okay that um or container that that um is good for it. so it's a sterile environment uh-huh. normally right you're not uh-huh. trying to impart like we're kind of going against the grain, right? Doing the barrel aging. Uh-huh. And so, but normally you don't want to um, get other flavors into it. You right. want that bean to be what it is. And Pure. so, um, so you're going to have a certain, like a lot of times they'll come in like Grain Pro bags. So it's a brand Grain Pro uh-huh. and it doesn't allow, you know, added moisture to get in there. And, you know, it, it's better for just changes in climate a little bit, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And just, just helps keep it at a sustainable rate to where it's going to last as long as possible. So um, so there's proper storage techniques that way as well. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's a, it's a, um, it's, it, it'll last for a long time done right like that. Okay. And so then when you put it in a barrel, it's an yep. entirely different, you've in, introduced an entirely different environment. Totally. So my question is, because I... Uh-huh. I I get into fermenting and aging mm-hmm. foods a lot, and like even when it comes to like legumes, mm-hmm. when you age it and or ferment it, mm-hmm. it changes the chemical profile of the food and it makes it less oh. harsh, less acidic, yep. because that aging process, it's it's a process of decomposition, and so certain things uh-huh. break down. So is that breakdown happening in these in these coffee beans? So um, in some way, potentially. Uh-huh. Um, in some ways, I don't know how it's happening, but it's definitely not. Um, it's going to taste obviously totally different. But uh-huh. so, like when it's in the barrel, you're going to uh, a barrel's going to allow, especially when it's not a liquid. Uh-huh. So with a barrel, when they when they when they have the wood hydrated and it's expanded fully, mm-hmm. it'll allow liquid to go in there and it'd be a really good seal to where it's not going to leak. Yeah. Right? But so that's not necessarily happening with coffee. Because it's not not hydrating the wood. And that's why you definitely, if you can, you want your barrel to be not subject to like crazy temperature changes. So that's why it's not outside. Right? And so um, because then you're drying out the wood more and that. And um, and, and so then basically the staves in the barrel, all the different pieces of wood, Mm -hmm. they'll they'll shrink um, as they lose moisture. Mm -hmm. And... And that will allow gaps in the wood 
and so that will allow more air to get into the barrel. That will allow, as you're as you're rotating the barrel to rotate the beans, uh-huh. that would allow the beans to, to fall out or that kind of stuff. And so, um, so you don't want to leave like a rotting banana on the floor next no, to your barrel because idea. that would totally influence yeah, the flavor you might of your get some beans. Banana flavored beans there, which might be interesting, but <laughs> probably interesting, not desirable. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Unless you rotate the bananas, maybe. <laughs> That's awesome. It'd be an interesting experiment. Yes, it would. <laughs> people, people, people take rum and will do like banana flavored rums or different things like uh-huh. that. That could be kind of fun with uh, <laughs> with trying to beans. do some natural flavors. I don't know. Because <laughs> one thing, and the reason I asked the question is because one thing I noticed between a reg- your regular roast beans and uh-huh. then your aged roasted beans, and it may be a difference in the the level of roast that you did on the two beans. Because maybe the the aged beans is a lighter roast, but okay. there was no burnt flavor to the smell uh-uh. profile of your aged beans. So is that because of the aging process, or is that because it of your the roasting possibly level? Possibly be like so. So these, it would, I would say, it's probably the 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 aging process because these specific beans, uh-huh. I've roasted them at the same, essentially the same profile that I created. Okay. And so they both went through the same. Um, changes as far as the the, crack. the time versus heat and how it got to the crack around the same right around the same time. Okay, the same amount. So so the the growth rate of uh, of the heat to the time uh-huh. was about the same for each of these beans. And so and then the the time being pulled off of the the roaster was at the, about the same uh, time and about the same uh, okay. temperature. So so that was you answered my question perfectly. Then so that's the same roast darkness between yeah. your regular beans and then the age beans so the the difference in smell is yep. entirely because of the aging process yes which is fascinating yeah. Yeah, it, then, it yeah. mellows everything uh-huh i love it it's, it's really neat what the barrel will do to it yeah and yeah. so you talk i've heard you talk about the difference between um just a regular brewing and you pref- you prefer pour over for your yeah, brew. so so i have a few different ways that i do it and kind of i I'll get into spells where I'll do it one way for a little bit of time and then I'll change it up and that or whatever I'm feeling like. But there's several ways of brewing coffee. Uh-huh. But um, one of the ways I really have gotten into in the last month is the pour over method. And okay. so that's um, a method where um, essentially you could think of it as a drip in a way, um, like a normal drip coffee maker. Uh-huh. But with a pour over method, you essentially have. Um, do you use like an AeroPress or what brand do you use? So. So what I use is a brand called Coffee Panda right okay. now, but uh, Chemex and okay. uh, Hario make pour And essentially what it is, you could think of it as you'd have like a carafe, uh-huh. and on top of the carafe is essentially a filter that would hold the ground coffee. Uh-huh. And then you're going to pour hot water over that coffee at a specific uh, kind of timed rate right the pour has to, a rate yep, to it yep. right and so you're kind of doing a method where you're you're pouring the coffee from like a kettle mm-hmm. and and just that when it's ground the right way and it's fresh then then the coffee itself what's interesting is you'll see a blooming effect right and so um the way i describe it is the coffee turns into what looks like a brownie uh-huh and so it just like expands and it just like kind of blooms yeah it just blooms like a flower would i guess um and so but ideally with with a pour over you're trying to trying to get it to um finish 
right around, say, three and a half, four minutes, uh-huh. give or take. And so, and then it's up to preference. And so that's kind of a method I've fallen in, in love with the last month. It's a little more artsy. It's a little more like there's a craft to it. And so you're <laughs> just kind of, and so in some ways those things can be like daunting, uh-huh. but then just tackling them, it's kind of fun. Uh-huh. And so that's a method I've fallen in love with the last month or so. Okay. Um, I love the French press. Okay, and good, because so, that's what I use. Yeah. And <laughs> Get so down to the what, basics. <laughs> yep. And so that's really simple, right? You're, uh-huh. you're going you're gonna to grind your beans. You're going to put the beans in the French press. You're going to pour your hot water in there. Okay, so how long do you do yours? Because Yes. So that's, I need uh-huh. to know this so I can make my coffee tomorrow morning. So there how many go. minutes do you brew your coffee? So essentially, so mine's four minutes for a pr- French press. Four? Four minutes. Wow. And so what I do is I'll put the beans in, the ground beans. I will put the the water in a standard french press i don't know the ounces uh-huh. on a standard french press but they're all pretty much the same size so I yeah think. so you can get a, a handful of sizes of french press but typically um let's, let's just say for argument's sake it's like 32 ounces is okay, what the whole thing right. might might be so typically unless you're sharing with with a couple of people whatever you might not be maybe you are when i was studying for the cpa exam i drank a whole lot of french press every <laughs> night so um that got me through that 18 month window so uh, that was a lot of <laughs> french press so so maybe you could drink all that i don't know uh, but so typically what you what i would do is so in my grinder i'll grind like say six six servings six cups worth i guess um, and so every grinder is going to be different in how it is. So I kind of get lazy a little bit with like I, my, the grinder I have. Uh-huh. So, but it's it basically I do like six, and then I fill mine up. And again, I I, I like strong coffee, so my ratio is sometimes going to be totally different than than what <laughs> might be recommended. So, but so I'll put six cups in there uh, according to my grinder. Okay. Um, and then and I use a Breville uh, Smart Grinder. Okay. So. Now, I'll do that, and then I'll add, like, maybe 16 ounces of water. Of the hot water. Of hot water. Uh So I've got a kettle. Uh And so, but um, before I had a kettle, I would, um, um, basically, I had, like, one of those stand-up water coolers that you could do hot or could do cold. Okay. And so I do the hot. And so. um, (laughs) That's not quite boiling, though, is it? No, it's not. So it's interesting (laughs) because when I got the kettle about a month ago when I got into, uh, when I got into pour overs, Uh then. I would set it to like the ideal temperature is like 195 to 200 degrees Celsius uh-huh. or Fahrenheit. And so, um, yeah, Fahrenheit, don't try Celsius with that. <laughs> so, but so Fahrenheit and, and then when I went back to the water cooler and would, would, would get the water from there, when I put it in on, onto the uh, kettle, it would read that it was about 175 degrees. Ah. So it's like 20 degrees different. So yeah. still going to... Which is going to give you a different flavor It's going to give you some different flavors, yeah. that kind of thing. It's still going to do the job, right? So it depends mm-hmm. on what you're after. But once you once you, once you you do it at, at, at that right temperature, you, you might not want to go back to the 175. But, right. You know, so, uh, but so then I, uh, with that, I'll put about, say, 16 ounces, give or take, um, with the six cups. Then I will stir the grounds and for about maybe 10, 15 seconds. At the beginning. At the beginning. So okay. I put the coffee in, I put the water in, then I stir it. Mm-hmm. And then I put the lid back on um, with the where the filter is. It's like a circle, like flat filter. Yeah, that little and, circle mesh right, thing. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just put it on top and let it graze the top of the, the water coffee. Uh-huh. And then I'll set a timer for four minutes. Okay. 
after four minutes, then I'll push down Very the slowly. press, right, slowly, uh -huh. and push it down, and at that point, it's good to go. So right. it's, it's a it's a pretty as far as coffee goes. Um, it's a pretty simple process. Yeah. Um, so the key is, I think, what I found is is that it turns out better um, if if I uh, if I stir the bean the grind before I start the four minutes. Like if I just pour it in. The, gr the grinds, and then I put in the water, and then I just it start the time. It doesn't get the same It, it doesn't get the much coverage. Like okay. you're getting more exposure of the coffee into the right. water and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Interesting. And so then your, but your preference right now with your aged coffee uh -huh. is cold press or cold um, brew. Yeah, I love, I love, like what I love about cold brew coffee is that coffee in general by the heated methods can have a certain level of acidity to it. Uh -huh. And so... Many people can experience, well, you just drink only a little bit of coffee uh, to maybe give you that shot in the arm to wake you up, uh -huh. and then not much more because too much more messes up your stomach and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But with a cold brew process, only cold or uh, lukewarm, like room temperature water, actually touches the coffee. And so by that process, it, it eliminates a lot of the acidity. And so it's, it's just a lot not pulling smoother. it out yeah. of the ground. Yeah, and so that heat, how the heat hits the coffee creates a lot of acidity. Okay. So if you're doing it the cold brew way, you're getting a whole lot less acidity. So it's a smoother um, flavor and taste, and it tends to treat your stomach a lot better. Interesting. And so that is for more of just let's just have a drink. That's uh, especially, well, and, and we're in the heat of the summer in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And so with it being so hot, you want a cold drink. Yeah. And so cold brews <laughs> like become the, the thing to do right now. Now we do cold brew occasionally uh -huh. and, and we like warm coffee. So even though I like, cold brew it, sometimes we'll warm it back up mm -hmm. because it still has the same completely yes. different flavor profile, Yeah. but it's still, you can still warm it up and have it like as if you're, you're Very warm true. cup of Joe in the morning, Exactly. but it has a different flavor profile. Uh -huh. So, so I just went over and grabbed some of your coffee. Okay. So this is your cold press. Yes. And it, just the smell alone is intoxicating. <laughs> like it is not like anything else I've ever experienced uh -huh. from a coffee because it just has like, like it has that aged, like it, it, it has like a, a depth to it. Like it almost smells fermented, but not quite. And that's probably uh -huh. from the spirits that were in the yeah. barrel, right? Yep. Since there's no actual fermentation happening with the beans, you're just getting... You're just getting the aromas and the flavors and... That are left over in the characteristic. barrel. characteristic, yep. Wow. It's fascinating. And it, like, has a... For me, I think maybe maybe you'd take your coffee a little bit darker than I do, but, it, like, uh -huh. it has a, a hint of, of bitter at the very beginning. Yes. But then it's gone. Yeah. And then you just left with this, like, depth and complexity yep. that I've never experienced in a coffee before. Like, wow. it's amazing. Thank you. So I cannot wait to keep to like to go the back and forth between yeah. like your regular yeah. your regular roast and then your yep. aged roast. I'm so excited, and I'm gonna do it right, and we're not gonna grind more <laughs> than like that moment. Just do in that the moment's time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we're gonna be pure about it because this like. Like when we when we ordered it, mm -hmm. like I was telling my husband all about because I listened to the podcast you did on Tap That AZ. Okay. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to do this. 
And so we got the box, and he was like, okay, this is only going to be our weekend coffee. This is only our special occasion it's coffee. It's like a dessert coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I cannot wait. We're really excited. That's so like, great. So what are there, like, there's a white Russian. So what are the, uh-huh. like, types of things can you do with coffee? So I haven't, yeah, I mean, I enjoy coffee, like, having it as coffee. So I haven't uh-huh. had it too often, like, trying to figure out cocktails and that kind of thing. So uh-huh. um, for me... Most of the drinks that I drink, I drink neat. So I drink my coffee neat, especially when it's fresh. You don't need like, often. Just you know? straight. Like, yeah, just no straight. Cream, no, no sugar. cream, no That's sugar, enjoying, no nothing, no additives. Right yeah. And so, and it's the same way with like, uh, for me with bourbon or whiskey, like I don't necessarily need to do anything to it. I don't need to like make, like it's fun sometimes to right. go have an old fashioned or go do different, different types of drinks. Uh-huh. But 95% of my... Uh, bourbon or whiskey drinking is neat and occasionally I might put an, an ice cube in it or that kind of thing but yeah. um, for me my additive might be ice occasionally it's not other so stuff neat typically is no ice because because mm-hmm. ice would be on the rocks and yes. neat is just like straight from the, the straight bottle straight pour it out of the bottle okay. and then drink it like that that's yeah. that's what they would consider neat uh-huh. and then from there you can take a couple of splashes of water and put into the drink I heard that and that can open up the spirit quite a bit and so it can taste totally different just with a couple of drops of water. Now, then, do you use tap water or like what uh, kind of good water? water? So good filtered water. Okay. And if, I, I imagine if you use like RO water, it wouldn't have the same effect because mm-hmm. RO water is going to remove all of those minerals and things that may kind of mm-hmm. open up some flavors, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so, yeah. Just, so, so you want to do that. Um, most of your good like whiskey bars or bourbon bars, that kind of thing, um, they'll give it to you neat. Uh-huh. They'll give you a little like... Uh, dripper inside water Uh that you can just put a little drop or two of water to open it up so you so a good whiskey bar will do that um and one that i would recommend here in the valley Uh um, over in the phoenix area is a place called the gladly and if you go there they've got hundreds of different types of whiskeys and bourbons and scotches and that but they'll give it to you neat. Uh-huh. They'll also give you a dripper with some water. Uh-huh. And then they'll give you a cup with some ice in it. So then you can try it all three ways and figure out what you're like. Now, obviously, and if you add the ice, the yeah. Flavor. Yeah, it just totally changes it. And so wow. it's interesting. what Because, again, with, 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 uh, with whiskey or bourbon, like let's say it's at 60% or 55% alcohol or 45 whatever it's at. Uh-huh. If you add water, you're diluting it a little bit. So it, the, the alcohol is going down. So... A lot of times you'll just get it to your preference where you might you might end up ultimately liking whiskey that's around 50%. So if you get something that's 65% cast strength or it's like straight from the barrel, whatever that was, you might need to put a little water Cut in it. Cut it a little. I would say try it regular first, neat, mm-hmm. see what it's like, and then add a little water and see what it's like and add a little bit of ice, see what it's like, and then find your preference. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I love that there's so much, like, technique to alcohol. Like, me, I have a lifetime experience of drinking because I used to be Mormon. But, like, even hearing about this, like, like... Um, my friend that does tap that AZ, you know, uh-huh. he, he says, well, I meet people that say, that say, oh, I don't like beer. And he says, well, you just haven't met the beer you, that's you right for you. You tried my kind of beer. <laughs> right. And so like, there's so many different ways to try even like bourbon and whiskey. Yes. It's amazing. Or coffee. Like uh-huh. you can't just try one cup and say, oh, I hate it because uh-huh. there's so many complexities 
to enjoying it. Like, there's an art to enjoying coffee. There's an art to enjoying bourbon. Yes. That's it's amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, and so I had I, I keep I keep sipping on this cold brew. So I think what what I've decided. So occasionally, like if you get like coffee beans that are like coated in chocolate or something like uh-huh. that. That's what this tastes like because you can yeah. actually taste the bean. Like you can yes. taste that bean flavor. Uh-huh. But you you don't get bean flavor in any other cup of coffee that you can order anywhere on the planet. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't feel like. Mm-hmm. Like I've never tasted I've never drunk a coffee and been like, "Oh, I can taste the coffee bean." Mm-hmm. Like that's never happened Thank to you. me. Yeah. So, that's amazing. I love it. It's yeah. it's in like like, I just realized that. I'm like, oh, that's what that flavor is. It's the actual coffee bean. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so, wow. Exactly. There's a, a, a big difference in fresh coffee and non-fresh stale coffee. Right. So there's a whole lot of flavor in coffee when it's done right. And and I'm drinking black coffee like, like it's nothing. Yeah, who like, does that? You don't need cream or sugar. <laughs> like... This is great for my Whole30 diet, right? Exactly. That's right there. Yeah. You don't need to add the other stuff. No. Like, not at all. This is beautiful. Yep. So, tell everyone, my listeners, if you would. So, you you ship. So, anyone anywhere can order this. Anywhere in the U.S., yep. So, tell us about, like, your ordering process, where they can find you. Yeah. So, we're online at jarmanscraftcoffee.com. Okay. We're on Instagram and Facebook, the same uh, Jarman's Craft Coffee. Mm-hmm. So you can look us up there and connect with us. You can order the coffee directly from our website. Okay. And we ship throughout the continental U.S. And so if you're local to Arizona, you can pick up at one of uh, the pop-up events that we'll have. Like So if we're barrel aging with a certain uh, brewery or distillery, mm-hmm. um, where we can, we're aiming to have pop-up events where you can order and then pick up and come to the event and experience the distillery and the brewery and that. So that's what we're doing today. And I heard you're going to Tucson next. Yes. Yeah, so next month will be Tucson. So we got to work out. All, we're working on all those details. But next month's release will be um, will be an Ethiopian bean that was aged in a whiskey Del Bach wow. coffee uh, barrel that um, that from a place in Tucson. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so and and and. Uh, is it's really neat. So uh, Del Bach, um, there, uh, there's di- you'll find there's different types of whiskeys, uh-huh. right? And so there's um, Scotch, and then there's American whiskey and different types of whiskey. But um, Del Bach is a single malt whiskey, and the owners there they they love a Scotch. And so as they were trying to figure out, uh, what you know, uh, how about can we do like a Arizonans kind of snoring style of scotch and so that's what they've done so so next month we'll be uh, we'll be releasing a coffee that was aged in one of their barrels but okay. so every month we're going to try to do um, a different coffee aged in a different barrel and so we're working with different breweries and different distilleries primarily in Arizona that's that's kind of the goal the aim uh-huh. and so um, we're connecting with breweries um, more every week and so over time we'll have more that come out every month and go from there Wow. Well, congratulations. This is exciting. Like, I'm, I'm thrilled to, like, have you guest on my podcast so I can yes, share. thank you. Since you're just local right now, like, yeah. I, like everybody deserves to experience aged coffee. Like, this yeah, is amazing. Well, thank you. So, like, I can't wait to share it with all my listeners because it's definitely, and it's something that anyone yeah. in the U.S. can experience. Can get, yeah. So, because not everyone has a, an, a coffee, a craft coffee who does aged beans Mm-mm. local to them. So. No. 
Well, thank you. Yes, well, thank you for having me. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to learn about the process. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> I'll let you get back to your event. All right, cool. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's fun. It's weird because, like, I've got, like, bourbon friends. I've got beer friends and some coffee friends. And, like, I have church friends and everything else that all are connected. And so bringing them all together, it's fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, like, I see, like, over here you got a, a bourbon friend of mine, and over here you got a beer friend of mine, and they're connecting. And so it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome to and watch. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's weird, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so you just see your worlds collide. So. Well, well, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> wraps up today's topics. We are so glad you stopped by. Be sure to join the Mormon Happy Hour on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon. If you smiled, please drop us a five-star review wherever you found us. See you next week. Cheers! <laughs>